0: Clap clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast hosted by Elliot Shure
1: Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. What's going on, everybody? This is the Clap Your Hands Podcast brought to you by Odyssey Sports. Brought to you by sports radio 94wip and today it's brought to you by what i think was a, a pretty shocking result in uh you know what's becoming kind of the annual event for sixers fans the mvp straw poll espn puts it out multiple times a year pal this is where we're at man like reacting to that um what's up how you doing just got back from Arizona got a little bit of a tan feeling good uh
0: yeah I, yeah. I yeah, couldn't was, tell from the, if that was the lighting or what was going no, on No.
1: yeah so got burned Howie Howie decided to talk outside so I was outside for like 20 minutes and what was funny is we were um texting while I was out there and I was so excited for the Denver game I was like trying to figure out how to work my schedule around it and Joel, you know, Joel and Harden both decided, don't don't worry, Elliot, just enjoy your night, and they uh they took it off. So a lot to get to today. Um, I do want to start by saying thank you to everyone that's been listening. Uh, the playoffs are coming up. We're gonna be having a ton of good content for you. So hit auto download this way you get the episodes first uh, when they come out and leave those five star reviews. It makes us both happy. So Kyle, you were at the game last night. We're we'll certainly get into that. I want to talk about James Harden, but let's start with the Joel the. MVP straw poll from ESPN. Um, For those that don't know, Joel Joel Embiid is leading it by two points. So one of the closest races ever. Um, Kyle, what were your takeaways from the straw poll?
0: It's not one of the closest races ever. It is straight up the closest. Like If we were just to say this is the MVP vote and it was conducted today, that's the closest race of all time by... I think 19 points because I think Magic Johnson won an MVP over Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley back in the late 80s, early 90s by, I think, like 22 points or something like 21 points, something like that. Um, I was surprised in the manner in which Joel took the lead because I sort of assumed that Jokic was going to get, was going to be the electoral college guy, so to speak, (laughs) and and he would win the... uh, The second place votes but i guess it makes sense intuitively in that and i've talked about the Giannis angle during the podcast Um, but i think someone who's inclined to vote for either Embiid or Giannis first it tracks that they would probably also then vote for joel or Giannis second like whoever mm-hmm. they don't pick there just because of the the defensive part of the argument and all that um i do actually wonder because it's so close If this is going to convince some people to swing one way or the other who are like, oh, well, I don't want Embiid to win, so I'll drop him to third, or I don't want Jokic to win, I'll drop him to third, whatever it is, and and boost guys in different ways. But it's really fascinating that we are you know, six games left in the regular season, and it's basically just a total coin flip of who's going to win. And I still continue to be amazed that Giannis is such a distant third, despite the fact that he's the best player on kind of by far the best team at this point. They just beat up Indiana last night. He scored 38 drew holiday scored 51 unbelievable performances all around. So, yeah, I mean, I think if Joel had played in Denver and beat Jokic again, maybe that would have been enough to send this over the top. And that's just kind of the race is over, but now because he missed that game, everything is hanging in the balance down the
1: stretch. So, so I'll be honest; I was really surprised he was leading this. I actually, I don't know if it's, it, it I, I read the article earlier. I can't remember if it said this, but I'd be curious to know when everybody was pulled because it felt like the Joel. It was
0: actually so. I'll put some inside baseball here. I was nice. sur- surveyed for this. Oh, you were. Um, yeah, and I was.
1: Don't have a. Vote, I was. Right?
0: I was per, I do not, but I was personally asked in the afternoon after Joel was out of the Nuggets game. So it okay. was very recent.
1: So, all right. So that's what I was going to say. I would be curious to know what percentage of these voters voted before Embiid sat out that game. Um, cause you look at the MVP odds and he fell, or at least you know, in some books he was first, some he was second. It was close, but he went from being a semi heavy favorite. It's either tied or behind Jokic because of that, Um, which I think is kind of silly. What would you think of him sitting out that game? We've been talking since then. Um, My, my initial thought when it came out that he was sitting was, I think it's the right thing to do. If he's not feeling well, he, and his calf is hurting him. He should not play. I don't think he is at a point where he needs to go out and cook Jokic again, just to prove himself. Like he, he has shown he's better than Jokic, but the results are what they are. And, I know he's leading this straw poll, but it seems at least the perception prior to this poll was that sitting out really hurt. What did you think of that decision?
0: I just thought it was a product of the weekend, essentially. Like it stunk that if they had won the Warriors game that last uh, last Friday, I think he probably sits the Phoenix game. They punt that. Say whatever. We're going to lose the back to back, and we won't play mm-hmm. Joel. And then he gets two days of rest going into Denver. Now, maybe he doesn't play anyway. Like, the cap has been finicky. I I don't know what's going on there entirely, I should say. Um, And then maybe he plays. But I think because they lost the Golden State, they looked at the Phoenix game and said, well, James already isn't playing. We can't really punt this game if we want to continue to try to push for seeding. And then once you lose that one, too, and I think Joel looked visibly sluggish in that game. Just yep. was not at the same level that he's been uh for most of the season. Then I think you you look at the Denver game and say if there's any sort of um nagging thing that he's dealing with or fatigue or whatever it is, like we we have to just be cautious on this one. So I agree with you. I think it was the right decision. I think it just all comes down to they needed to win that golden state game and for reasons that have nothing to do with Joel, they did not. So that was it a really. Shame.
1: It really sucks that they've lost so many winnable games in the, over the last week. I know they beat the Mavs last night, and we'll talk about that. But the Warriors game, completely there to be won. I still think about that first game against Chicago. Completely there to be won, right? So from a seeding perspective, they're pretty much locked into three at this point. Anything's possible. The Celtics did lose, I think, to the Wizards uh, either last night or the night before. So who knows? But ultimately, I think we agree that they're locked into the three seed. So from that perspective, I was okay with the fact that he sat out. Um, one thing I think about a lot with Joel sitting that I didn't before, and it was because of something you say, like a feeling that he might have from a leadership perspective of feeling like he needs to be out there. And I do think there was probably a part of him that was saying, look, played played the Warriors, uh, it was Friday night, played great, really sucks that they lost that game because it was there to be had. But then Saturday, James isn't playing. Right. So if you're Joel, you're kind of sitting there and going, you know, potentially it looked like maybe James was going to play on Monday. It seemed like he was much more of a game time decision than Joel was. So maybe he said to himself, I'll play in Phoenix on Saturday night when they don't have James and then James will play on Monday night. So there was a lot of outrage about the fact he played on Saturday. You had said, you know, prior at least. You probably wouldn't have played him on the back to back and i and I get the logic of it, but if he thought James was gonna play against Denver on Monday night, I don't know. I'm okay with him playing when he thinks his team needs him to go out there and play
0: yeah i I don't I'm not gonna criticize him for him playing. I, I think it was more of a uh an organizational philosophy philosophy issue that I think I took issue or took issue with um I do think. The, the big reason everyone's mad is because of the timing of the article that dropped yes, a, yes. about like that was not about Jokic, but was about voters flocking to Jokic, which is, you know, that's an important distinction. I think there's a lot of, a lot of conversation about that interview we did with Shams Tranya, where, you know, obviously what he was saying was directed at the advanced stats as they relate to Jokic and his defense. It, it was not well hidden. Right. But, i think if that article doesn't come out and he sits that game everyone's just like yeah he's you know he needed rest and whatever so i think that is probably what ended up causing all the big kerfluffle and kendrick perkins going on national tv and flipping yeah, but, on his guy and all that like i i think that's really
1: all it came down to but the, and i'll say about that and you write more feature stories than i do so you can probably speak to it better but it's not like that interview took place on, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning. Like I would imagine yeah, that right. interview probably took place if not a week ago, like at least maybe before the West Coast trip or a few days, whatever it was. So my thing is when that article was published, I think there's a chance Joel really did think he was playing. And I, Joel doesn't say to it, uh, it was it was at the athletic that he writes yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joel doesn't text Shams or whatever and go like, hey, just so you know, I might not play. Hold that bad boy until, uh, you know, (laughs) Wednesday. Right. Like they decide the article is going to go out the day of the game. And understandably so. It's a big game. And I do believe Joel went to shoot around and just decided he couldn't play. And then that was that. Like, so what are people like to, to you're not saying this, but like to Kendrick Perkins and any like what is Joel supposed to do? Say, well, the article ran this morning. I probably should play. Like that's yeah. silly too. Imagine if it came out, he played because of the article and he further injured his calf. So I think it was unfortunate he didn't play Monday night, but I I just, I don't blame him. I couldn't get worked up about it like other people were. But I will say, even though he's leading this straw poll, to me, it doesn't feel like he is leading the race. I know that he is and it's super close and he's up by two points. I don't get the sense... He is leading this. I think he really has to have a good game, like a great game against Giannis, and win that game to win it. But do you feel like things are still trending towards Joel, or do, like do you believe the straw poll? Do you think it's his to lose at this point?
0: Well, I don't think it's his to lose because it's a two point margin. Like that's nobody's well, leading it. And like, anyone's you feel he's leading it. Do you feel it's he's leading anyone's it? race to win at this? Well, right between that's those right. two. Like I, I don't think Giannis is going to uh, make up that gap. At this point because it's a pretty sizable gap between those two and him at this point i I think if joel beats milwaukee and boston he wins the mvp just like straight up if he plays well and they win those two games that's the race right there i think it's about as simple as it gets because i i trust that he's going to put up numbers against the rest of the teams they play against toronto miami like I'm not worried about Joel in those scenarios. Who knows what the record will be, but you have two big stage games left against the two teams that are contending for a title and in the Eastern conference, I should say. And if you go into that, those games and win now, suddenly the narrative is, Oh wow. Joel's record against the real, like the real contenders in the East this year. It's pretty damn good. Like three and one against Giannis. Beat Jokic in the only game they played. Yeah, one and Boston oh, yeah. Boston would be one and three, but it's like they figured it out. Like he had an amazing game in the other game in Philadelphia against Boston. And you could see the whole thing kind of coalescing because otherwise it's it's still a great argument. It's you know, NBA's leading scorer, best efficiency he's ever had, two-way impact where they have a top. I don't know what their defense is actually ranked at this point I can look it up. Um well, I feel but like the it's all have their
1: looking great for certainly part of it.
0: Uh yes, but I actually think the the offense was more of a problem last night mm-hmm. and that was more just about, you know, the clunkiness of bringing James back and James not looking his best for yeah. about half of that game. Um but yeah, so look, that will just be the the final platform for him is those two games and if he plays well and or they win that's a big plank in the argument I think
1: so I was surprised that Giannis was this far behind and for those that haven't seen the actual numbers so Embiid finished with 790 total points Jokic was at 788 and Giannis was at 612 so he's definitely far behind but to your point it really does feel like a three-way race and I actually don't think I think there is a chance Giannis still wins this because to your point about the game and what it, what it can do for Embiid. If Giannis comes out and wins that game and drops like, you know, 45, 16, whatever, and the Sixers lose, or God forbid Embiid sits that game out. You know, I I don't, I think he'll play, but I also definitely thought he'd play against Denver. I still think there's a chance Giannis can swoop in and, and, and win this thing. I think he has, he has the momentum. Like, I think the Giannis momentum arrow... Does he?
0: Because he hasn't come up... He hasn't been that close in any of the straw polls, essentially. At at what point do you just say, like, the voters are not going to vote for him? It's pretty clear at this point that unless unless this straw poll is just not representative of the voting base of people who vote for the award, I think it is. Like, it historically has been... Yeah, it's very accurate. accurate. So I I just think like I think Giannis was second, but a distant second uh, in one of the ones that was conducted, maybe the previous one that was conducted where Jokic was pretty far out in front. And so that being the case, now he's like a distant third behind two guys who are, you know, very, very close at the top. I just I don't see how he he conjures you know, that much more support in a week and a half, essentially. Well,
1: I think one way is, and we, you know, we always talk about the elevator pitchers for these guys. There is a chance he's going to end with the easiest one there is, which is best player on the best team. Like it's almost a lock at this point. The, the I mean, who knows, like anything can happen, but the Bucks are probably going to be the one seed. Let me ask you this off looking at this, because we talk so often about what voters value, what is like the MVP criteria changing, all those things. When you look at this, what does it look to you like they're valuing? You know, like, it, is this like analytical votes that Embiid's getting? Is it just he's the best player in the league? Like, what is the, what do you think the voters are valuing based off how this turned out?
0: I would think that it's the two-way stuff if I had to guess.
1: Like, getting the defense is playing a big role here. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I mean, I think if if you just were to boil down their cases the Jokic part and the Embiid part on offense are just two different things. It's I don't think one is inherently better than the other, but one is, you know, leading scorer in the NBA versus guy basically averaging a triple double. Like that's right. the offensive cases are what they are. They're really good. On the defensive side of the ball, it's been the Jokic low light real um, <laughs> month that we're in the middle of. Um I mean that I think that's been overstated. There were some complaints about joel's defense in the phoenix and golden state games that would golden state game which i thought was ridiculous like yeah he's the only reason they had any chance the phoenix game unbelievable in that game yeah i thought there were some real problems in the phoenix game so i I would just have to guess that that's that's looming large i think and i've been saying this on this podcast and on other platforms i do think that some of it is people thinking about the historical nature of potentially giving Jokic yeah. a third straight MVP. Like It hasn't happened since Larry Bird. And to be clear, Larry Bird had accomplished more from a team perspective up to that point. I, I know it was early in his career, but he arrived in Boston and they basically won right away and more than Jokic has in his total career. So I think that's part of it is people look at the the big picture and say – all right, if this guy isn't decisively winning, then I don't necessarily want to give him the award. But at the same time, he has the most first place votes. So I was going to say I, that's
1: I, the concerning part.
0: I just, I mean, it's not concerning. Like if Joel loses, it's, you know, the world will keep spinning, whatever, but well, it's just right, really me, fascinating. Yeah. There's no way to really know because it is so tight and the, Split is so strange that it's it's tough to figure out what the what the like guiding light is for everybody. Yeah.
1: Well, and, you know, I do think the the guiding light changes every year. Like we can sit here and say, well, he won it in 97 or, you know, what whatever, like because of this. And then in 2016, he like it changes. It just changes. Right. But but here's my my thing on the because you just said, you know, the world will keep spinning and obviously it will. The playoffs will happen, all those things. One thing that does annoy me that Joel has been doing is saying he doesn't care if he wins the MVP. And and as an emotional man, I understand emotionally guarding yourself. And I think that's part of it. I think part of it is he feels he should have won it these last two years. So at this point, he is just straight up like, I'm not going to act invested in it. But at the same time, and I'll blame like, you know media for sure like look Joe Gilio is my guy I love Joe Gilio. he you know (laughs) like like you know his thing where it's like Joel should care more about winning a title than winning an MVP here's the thing there's no finite amount of caring in your body you can care about things a lot Uh, of two things a ton right Joel can care a ton about winning the MVP while being just as invested in winning in the championship winning a championship and I understand there's certain areas where it's like well he pushes to play this game for MVP but maybe that like I think that's silly. We don't really have all that information. Right. But it annoys me when Joel says it. And here's why, because a lot of people really do care. If he wins this MVP, a lot of fans really do care. A lot of fans and you're on Sixers Twitter, you know, spend a lot of time on this. A lot of like fighting us. Here's why you he should win it. Tweeting at you know, basketball writers, you know, writing art, whatever, explaining why yelling Joel at
0: should- people from Serbia.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, again, like, it's oh, it's okay to care about winning the MVP. And maybe my my frustration is more on the people telling him he shouldn't care than Joel just saying he doesn't care. But we spend so much time talking about this. I remember Iverson winning MVP in 01. It might it might be like my sports highlight uh, of my life, right? Like winning the MVP really matters and Joel should be allowed to care about it. And so it frustrates me when I read that article and he has to do the whole, well, I don't really care, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, Joel, it's OK to care. And I know he cares. I mean, you know him obviously way better than me. And maybe you can speak to it. But it would be foolish not to care. How could you not care? And so I just hate that it's gotten to a point with the MVP thing that we talked about it last time with the discourse around the conversation. And I think it's silly when people are like, you can prop one person up without bringing down another. Like, no, that's not how debating works. But I do think it's silly to say that Joel shouldn't care. Like, how dumb are we getting if it's like, you know, Joel can't care about winning the top award in his profession. I would challenge any writer, any fan. I would challenge Joe Gilio, my guy. Joe Giglio wants to win, like, a great, like, win awards for what he does. That doesn't mean he doesn't want WIP as a whole to win. Like, I just... I people care about him winning MVP, and it bothers me that he says he doesn't care, and I hate that he's been bullied into having to say that publicly.
0: I mean, keep in mind, he says he doesn't care, and then essentially conveys that he cares. Yeah, exactly. In other ways, man.
1: Just say you care.
0: I look. I think some of that, and to your point, I think is correct. I think a lot of that is that he thinks he's suffered because of caring in the past, and you know, arguing for himself or whatever. I don't know. I don't think that's actually impacted actual MVP voters, right? Like, I think that that's more of a thing that this this plays into Joel is just very online, or at least has been in the past. Yeah. And I think that's something that fans have been like, oh, that turns them off, or whatever. Opposing fans, obviously. And they've used it as a, well, Jokic just doesn't care. He's not advocating for MVP. Right. Like, I, also I don't,
1: hate. yeah.
0: I don't think anybody who is voting an MVP. Now I could be wrong. I, this could be off base. I don't think the people who are voting for MVP are swinging it one way or another because one guy cares and the other guy doesn't. I think it's a very like, it's okay. If Jokic doesn't care or does care, it's okay. If MB does care or doesn't care, like I don't, I don't think they sit down and that's like, Hmm, I'm checking my boxes right, right. on my MVP ballot. But I think it becomes part of the discourse for sure, and so I think because of all the the arguments that have been had about this, that yeah, I think that probably weighs on his mind a little bit. I just I don't think that he needs to do that to win the award or not. I don't think that'll be the difference.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you from an award perspective. I just mean more, and maybe it's because you know I I think he deserves it, and I want him to win it. I think he de- I think he the deserving MVP. Now I think Giannis has a case too but I don't know. I just, I hate that it's become a thing where he's not allowed to care about it. That that's what frustrates me the most, right? Like he can care about winning MVP while also caring about winning a championship. And I do think there's probably a part of him in a way that when he sat out against Denver was probably like, all right, guys, like you want to say, I care about winning. You know, I you want to say that I uh, care too much winning MVP. Look at this. I'll sit out in a game that directly impacts my chances. So, I, that that was my thing, too, with him sitting out. It felt a little bit like not trolly because I do believe he did not play because he was hurt. And I also don't think he dodged Jokic or anything like that. Like he's dominated Jokic. It's silly to think that he dodged Jokic. But it, it is from a perspective of being bullied into doing something, sitting out against Jokic in Denver with MVP race so close feels like a good way to kind of say, all right, you guys say I too, I care too much about it. Watch this.
0: So I, while we're still on the subject of MVP, I'm very curious on your take on this of who you think should be the fifth guy on the ballot because okay. it was very fascinating. I think there's a clear top four and that's how it played out. It's Joel, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum. Mm-hmm. All season, I just kind of assumed it's like, yeah, Luka's the guy who'll be top five they're not they might not make the playoffs yeah luca luca's out in my opinion for the fifth they like they're not even in the play-in tournament right now they're under 500 with luca and kyrie irving on the team so so like that is that to me is almost more interesting than i like doesn't matter at all like the fifth place mvp guy is irrelevant as far as the uh The votes go and i don't think any of those guys are gonna and did not in this poll are going to garner you know second or third or yeah votes that matter essentially so i just thought it was fascinating sitting down and thinking about it like holy shit like this is really just a a wild card
1: at the end of the ballot well all right so i'm looking now and here's how i would do my, first of all my boy shea is six which is surprising to me i mean they like i know he's having a great year but the thunder suck um all right so well I would, so
0: actually what do you think their record is speaking of because i just went on that whole thing about yeah, just I'm blindly guess,
1: i'm gonna guess better than than i would guess otherwise so i i wouldn't think they're even close to a play-in team are they are they close to they that?
0: are the final play-in team wow right now, as Man. it stands they are 38 right and 39 so was they are bad? also. They're also under 500
1: right now. All right. So that with that information, and this is why I don't have a vote, but uh, I would go Joel, Giannis, Jokic. Honestly, actually, I'm going to take that back. I might put Tatum ahead of Jokic, but I know that's a, oh! a spiteful thing. I mean, Tatum is the best player on a team that's better than the Nuggets. And I, I mean, like, I'll be interested to look at his numbers compared to Jokic, but whatever. So Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, Tatum. I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell and Sabonis deserve some props here. I mean, Mitchell's gone to Cleveland; he's going to have them in the top half of the conference. Sabonis, you know, the, the, what are the Kings currently? Are they like third in the West, something like that? I would think he deserves that. They just made that. the
0: playoffs for the first time. And they just yeah, the longest professional Americans professional playoff drought
1: in yeah. sports
0: right now. So,
1: hmm. that's a good one. I I would, I would put. I'd put Sabonis. Mm, no, I'd probably put Mitchell then Sabonis. So I would go in or for my fifth one, I would put Mitchell, I think. What about you?
0: Okay. I mean, I voted in this straw poll. So I'm gonna well, keep a, it, you know. I'm gonna well, well after as soon as the season ends, I can say it's like doesn't yeah, really matter. But I'll, yeah. no, I'll say it after the season ends. So I'm gonna preserve the secrecy until well, uh, we see the final ballots.
1: All right, let me ask you this. Do you think this means you might get an MVP vote? Because I thought I heard some people no. say you don't find out until late. Uh,
0: Keith Pompey will be the the MVP. Oh, it's only like, one per team. We yeah, so you only get one per market, I believe. That's what I mean. Later wise, and then there's I don't know how it's actually split in terms of like percentages, but I'm I'm fairly sure it's one per team per market um then there's a lot of tv people there's international people right there are national writers so the national writer part is weird though because like certain outlets have a bunch compared to the rest of the field like the ringer has a bunch of votes or historically it's had a lot of votes um i'm trying to think if anybody else has like well, an abundance. i'm sure the athletic probably has a few yeah well, i mean
1: you figure because of they have beat writers uh, for every market, that alone, yeah. But, but I well, was
0: thinking more of like the national guys at the athletic. I think they probably right. get
1: at least a couple, they probably have a bunch, yeah. So, well, here's my question then so, these so this poll is not just MVP voters.
0: No, I, I think it's a mix of people who are actual MVP voters and people who are maybe should be MVP voters. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I like, I could. I could ask Tim what the methodology is. Yeah. Be curious to know. Actually ask.
1: Cause if we're asking people that aren't voting for MVP and again, this has been historically correct. If you go back and look at, not only has it just been historically correct. Sometimes it's down to like almost the exact point total or, you know, off now it's sometimes it's off 10 or 15 points, which doesn't matter in most, most races, but with this, it could definitely end up mattering. So you're not going to say who you would put fifth, understandably, because you got
0: you, you. I'm just not going to tell you what my ballot was until afterwards. I'm going to preserve yeah. the integrity of the democratic well, process. here. Let me here. give
1: you some advice, Kyle. As somebody that is certainly willing to tweet things that make makes you unpopular, I would probably not share this unless you put bead first. Just just my, uh, you know, Twitter PR um, uh, idea there for you. But
0: we'll uh, we'll find out
1: after or we'll you'll find out. out after
0: the end of the season.
1: All right. Do you have any more? One last question. Just yes or no. Do you think Embiid wins the MVP?
0: I don't think I no. I don't think so. I, I don't I think, think it's, so either. Yeah. I think it's so close. And I think if once people see this, I think it's going to have the opposite effect or it's like, Oh, I'm going to, I, I want to bump this guy or slide this guy. Now maybe that ends up working in Joel's favor. Maybe as we said, these games against the Celtics and Bucks are great platforms for him. He puts one final exclamation point on the season, and that's that. Like I, I think that is firmly on the table. But I I kind of feel like they beat Boston and lose to Milwaukee, is sort of where I'm at right now. Cause is that in Milwaukee? You know, in Milwaukee, it's, right? It, it's at Milwaukee this okay. Sunday. Um, and so I, I think that's that's where I'm leaning in terms of how that'll go. And I think that'll probably be enough to to tilt it back towards, well, not Giannis, because I still think he has no chance, but
1: I, I think that'll not, give
0: Jokic a, a chance, I do, chance. I do
1: not think Jokic is going to win it. That's my prediction. But I I don't think Embiid wins it. It just doesn't feel like it's trending that way. But I, I do think Giannis has a chance. We're, we're going to differ on that one. I know the vote totals a lot right now, but I think so many people are so torn they could change their mind fairly easily from like 3 to 1 pretty quick. Um all right, so those are our predictions for that. Uh outside of MVP, a lot's going on with the team. Uh the win over the Mavs last night, I thought it was a much needed win. I mean, I think that would have been yeah. what, five losses in six games if I'm not mistaken, something like that. And from a seeding perspective again, they're not going to get the 2 seed, so it, the win losses at this point almost don't really matter. I just think it was it was good for them to get a win, right? Just to not really just kind of be completely falling off the rails, heading into the playoffs. Um, I want to talk about that game in specifics, but more so what I really want to pick your brain on is James Harden. Um, You were there, so you can talk about it. But after the game, James talked about his Achilles injury. The quotes were, in my opinion, pretty concerning. Um, But quotes aside, the dude just looks bad. He's not playing well. (laughs) And I think the worst part about watching James Harden play when he plays poorly is he just – he looks like nothingness out there. Like he just looks completely uninvolved. He's kind of like floating around. He doesn't do anything on defense. He's like standing around on offense. So what'd you think of what he said after the game and what where are you at right now with James?
0: So let me just, for anybody who hasn't seen the quotes, because they did come mm-hmm. out fairly late last night. Uh, so this is what James said, or one of the quotes he had after the game about his Achilles. I don't know where it came from, it's been bothering me for some months, I would say. So first of all, like pause for a second. The fact that this has been something of an issue for months is already like big red flag. number. Well, one. I have, a, I have an opinion on it, but go ahead. Big red flag. Um, I just wanted to continue to play on it. And there was one point to where the last game I played, it was just really unbearable. So I couldn't even go out there. Six games left to finish the season off, finish off strong. Then we get another week to prepare. Felt like tonight was the game to come back. So for him to be like, you know, there's been some sort of issue there for months. I'm sure it was, you know, he obviously was playing really well prior to that. So it couldn't have been that big of a problem. It's one of those things that it's like, oh, it's a bump and bruise in the middle of a season, whatever. But the fact that it got bad enough that, so, in that Bulls game, which was the previous game he had played in before the four game layoff, to your point, he was either hurt enough or mentally checked out enough that he essentially just did nothing for mm-hmm. two and a half quarters plus overtime. Well, in that he played game.
1: what, 38 minutes or what? Was it, was it nope. more than that in the game?
0: Talking about last night or the Bulls game? Because the, the Bulls, Bulls game, games. he played 47. Nah, he that's played what it was. 40, double yeah. overtime.
1: So, right he had he
0: played all these minutes and when I say played uh, I'm only saying he He literally was in the game (laughs) he 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 wasn't really engaged with the game I would say the one thing that was heartening about the Mavericks performance and it wasn't good overall is that it was more of a he started very slow and then grew into the game like I do think he was a big part of the second half not because he scored or did anything spectacular on offense but because he actually was running the offense like there were long portions of that first half where James is just like standing on the wing and Tyrese and Joel are running everything and to me that was like oh god this is really bad like if, if he is compromised enough in this game that He's basically just uninvolved on offense. That's a huge problem, and they're mm-hmm. going to have to do something. Like They might have to shut him down the final five, six games. Now, I think that changed final six, seven minutes of the second quarter, and then the second half, I think a lot of why they they weren't great on offense, but they shot well. I think their shot quality was pretty high. Because of James and because he was more involved running the offense. I think Joel got some better looks out of halftime. And I think you could see, okay, James got his bearings a little bit and, and looks closer to, you know, normal James Harden. Still wasn't a good game overall, but at least you could say, all right, he's he's building up. He he got the uh the weirdness out early in that game. And, and so that would that would be what I would take solace in if i'm the team or the fans is that he was able to rally was but the fact that trust. he yeah. the fact that he looked so bad to start the game still is like man if this guy is not right in the playoffs they could be in trouble quickly
1: yeah so i think about you know how you had said even just being around the team there was like sometimes where you like harden just looks like when he walks just looks like he's dealing with something um the concern for me with Harden is, you know, he's old, number 1. But if you look at past leg injuries he's dealt with, it's taken him a long time to recover from these things. I mean, I know like I don't think it was his Achilles in um in Brooklyn that he dealt with, but that was like a two, almost a two-year recovery from him. I mean, we were we were still talking about this past offseason. And that about, was like
0: a pretty serious hamstring it, issue, it was. so that's why
1: Right. But I'm saying it was a long time to recover. And when you're older, it just takes longer to recover. Trust me. I'm 35. Now when I run, I feel it the next day. Right. But James
0: and I are essentially the same age. So I get it. So you calling him old is very funny. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, it's it is funny. Like (laughs) I remember when I was 20, I was like, well, when I'm 25, I'll be old. And then when I was 25, I'm like, well, it's really 30 if you think about it. And now that I'm 35, it's like, well, I'm not 40. Like, so it, it's always a, a sliding movement.
0: scale, Always a
1: sliding scale. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the concern with Harden is he just looks terrible. And, and, you know, like, again, the seating's kind of done. So maybe there is some value in sitting him out, but the the downside of that is we did like a month worth of pods in a row. where We were saying this team's clicking on all cylinders. They're finally getting reps together. And I'll, I would be lying if I said that, the gut, like my gut feeling is this feels a lot like everyone's worst nightmare. You know, like Embiid's dealing with a calf injury. Harden's dealing with an Achilles injury. They're not winning games. Uh, the Bucks are playing great. The hope around the two seed is gone. It briefly felt like the Embiid MVP hope was gone. And so it feels like after a month of, man, like this is it. This is the team. Look how great they are. Look how great they're playing. There's 10% of me, if not more, that's sitting here and going, holy shit, like, this is really just about to happen again. Like our, our, you know, like being around the team, like what's your vibe with that? Does this feel like panic time or where are you at?
0: No, I mean, I think it, it just feels like, man, we got to get to the playoffs. Like this is just the end of the regular season. Everybody's a little banged up. And yeah, I do think like, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent on the play in tournament in general. One of the great things about it though, is you they do get a week off like that is you get time for everybody to kind of reset at the end of the season and say you get healthy you like if you're really hurt it's not going to make a difference but for guys like joel and james who are dealing with you know nagging sort of issues that Mm -hmm. you need some time off and to strengthen and get treatment and whatever you could very well in that week plus if you were to take another extra game or two off at the end of the year you could very well just be 100% as soon as the playoffs start. And that's a really nice thing, that that is kind of built into the schedule now as long as you're one of the, the top six teams in the conference. I think that's a, a nice reward for the teams who are better over the course of 82 games or whatever. So that that is something I think you should probably keep in mind or everybody should keep in mind as we head down the stretch here is they will get that time to get these guys at mm-hmm. least close to right if they are not. On that subject, it is looking more and more like the most unfathomable outcome that could have happened before the season, which is the Sixers and Nets are going to play in round one, and nobody's going to fucking care at all. (laughs) I I was talking to people in the locker room last night. I said, picture this. It's October. The season hasn't started. We're in preseason just kind of looking out at the landscape. And I sit there in October and tell you, The Sixers and Nets are going to play a first round playoff series and like half the games might be played on NBA TV like that. (laughs) that, That's how little buzz there's going to be for that series because every good angle is just gone. Katie's gone. Kyrie's gone. Ben is out for the year. It's just like every
1: single thing that could have given it some drama is off the table. It's also like if you would have told people that in October, I wonder how many people would have picked the Sixers as the higher seed. You know, like that from that alone. Like the fact you're right that all those players are gone, but we'll view that series. And I think there's some semi concerning things about the Nets in the way that they're young, they don't know what they don't know. They'll be a heavy underdog. Like that's never. There's always some pro- problems with that. But you are right that a just from a content perspective, Sixers Nets would have been unbelievable. And now, hopefully, they win it in five. But You're right that they're going to have time to to rest and get you know have that not just you know the time in between and then hopefully if you end that series quickly you get a little more time there before the playoffs kind of really start. So so from one to ten, where are you at on a concern level with Harden? Like
0: a a five, I I think it's 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 not a non concern, but it's also not a a five alarm fire type
1: of deal. Okay, we'll see how he play. It seems like he'll play on Friday.
0: Yeah, I, I mean so. Doc said something interesting prior to the game last night, and I think it's correct. I think he said essentially like we plan out the season in terms of rest and when guys are going to miss games or what we want to do. And we look at back-to-backs and what have you. This is the period of the year where we think less about rest and more about these guys need to play more because – we're ramping them up to play to go from playing 35 36 to 38 40 nightly mm-hmm. like being able to do that and the way he phrased it i believe was we want them to play 40 good minutes rather than 35 good minutes and five tired minutes yeah and so that i think is more of the concern i would have like if they if they rest for however many games out of this final six that they have left and then they have the week off and you have the that couple week period where they're not in, you know, really like top form in terms of conditioning and stuff. Well, then you have to kind of still play your way up to that level in the first round and the early second round. And like, that's not the position you want to be in if you're the Sixers. So that I think would be more of my concern than even maybe the injuries. Like if they're playing on these, I don't think the injuries are bad enough to keep or they are just not bad enough to keep them off the floor so it's it's not a big enough concern there but it's because there are a couple factors you have to consider then it's like okay well then they have to play 40 minutes to win a playoff game in the first round you lose that and then all of a sudden two days later you have to play another game joel's calf is feeling tight or james achilles is sore and then that's
1: when it starts to come into play for me so Embiid's calf let's let's kind of wrap it up on there um, you said from a one to 10 with a hard and you're a five, I'm probably at more of a, I would have said seven, but hearing you is, you know, talk to me down the ledge a little, maybe I'll say a six or just tie you up on a five. Where are you at with, with him Because he did play in those back-to-back games, uh, which I think if prior to those games, you would have told us that we would have both been like, oh, I guess he's perfectly. Okay. Then he doesn't play in, in, in Denver. Um, where are you at with that heading into the playoffs? Like anything else you're hearing on it? Just ha- how, do you think he's doing, I guess, comparatively to Harden, but also just as, as an individual
0: with Joel, it's always so hard because every injury is simultaneously the worst injury of all time. Yes. And also like not that big of a deal. <laughs> I, somebody was, I was talking, I can't remember who it was in the media room after the pressers and everything last night. And I just said the the hardest thing with covering Joel is that you give him enough time and he'll talk himself in a circle to the point that you have no idea what his actual stance is. <laughs> so it's like, and that I think that's true with injury. So I'd be like, well, it's been bo- like if he had said the James quote, would been like, oh, it's he's it's been bothering me for months, but it's not a big deal. But then it's this, and it's like the I don't care about MVP, but here. Right. Five hundred words on why I actually care. And then he says I <laughs> don't care again. Right. So that's the tough part with Joel. Like he's never going to be especially clear on the health stuff. I think he does play it up sometimes, but I do think that this is a real thing. He's been bothering him in the middle of games, grabbing at his calf and what have you. So I, I think I would put it in the same. If you were ask, asking me to to rank that with the hard mm-hmm. thing, I think it's right about the same. Wow. And I think that's that's as best as I can do from where we sit right now. They're just – no player or team is going to be especially transparent on how a guy is feeling this late in the year. If they yeah, especially have to going to the playoffs, yeah. It's a, you know how that goes. Like yeah, the Eagles sure. with Jalen Hurts at the end of the year are right. about as uh, – I mean, I remember as they possibly could have been in
1: 2018 when Carson broke his back, they didn't put him on IR and they were saying there's a shot he would play in the playoffs, even though he wasn't even practicing. So, yes, I, I, I can sympathize with the struggle, I'm sure, right now you're dealing with in turn and trying to find out information about this. So, but it's good to hear, you know, that you're not overly concerned, I guess. Like it did. It seems like more bump and bruise end of the season than like this is something that could actually impact him in the playoffs
0: yeah i mean look we'll wait and see how how he looks on the floor i guess over this last week and a half i do think i'm very interested to see they could essentially game it in the last couple games of the year to choose their opponent if they really wanted to like it i know we've talked about miami and jimmy butler a bunch recently on the podcast they play both miami and brooklyn if you really don't want to play Miami in the first round, you could play all your guys in that game yep. and then just give the – I mean,
1: you could still lose. Like Miami's, I think it's the last two games of the year too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, Miami's got everything to play for. So they might lose regardless. Like the Sixers just are not going to have a lot on the line. But you could still go out there, beat them because you're better than them, and mm-hmm. then go into the Brooklyn game and be like, hey here you go brooklyn here's the uh <laughs> see, here's the six seed in yeah. the eastern conference so yeah. i mean we'll see what happens there but uh yeah there's look there's not a lot left in the regular season except for this mvp race for the six yeah. so it's it's well, all mvp and injuries that's all that counts at this point
1: sounds like the last few years of Joel's career so hopefully uh things break break a little better for them um all right, do you have anything else? I have a quick story NBA related from the uh co- from the owners meetings, but do you have any other Sixers stuff you want to get to? Uh we'll definitely obviously uh try to record they play on Sunday against the Bucks. Maybe that'll be a post-game one. That feels like maybe a post-game one. Um yeah. but any other Sixers thoughts you wanted to get to uh that you, you know, you want to No, you know? go
0: ahead with your story. I know you're on a tight schedule today. Yeah. So. All right, so
1: remember on the end of the pod how we talked about my idea that college players should just be allowed to play as long as they want? Yeah. Okay. So at the owners at the annual meeting, um, they have a party on Monday night where like the head coach, the GM, the owner for all the teams hang out. And I'm shocked they let the media go, to be completely honest. It's like top shelf liquor, top shelf food. They could definitely just be like, nah, you guys can't come. We want to party on our own. But they allow us to, which is always fun. So hanging out, like, you know, whatever, drinking. And I asked Sirianni about my college basketball take. <laughs> and uh (laughs) he actually gave the best like rebuttal to it i think i've heard um roster spots if you if you had older players on the team there wouldn't be as much room for younger players to take roster spots so just wanted to share that i thought it was uh first of all i woke up next morning like maybe shouldn't have asked him that but it was just funny to uh to hear it because he's a big college basketball guy he was he was not into it to say the least Kyle. He, he was not feeling the uh the idea
0: well i'm glad he uh he's nice enough to at least humor your insane take so that well was, now, uh, he what, uh, now he knows
1: what now he knows what's like it makes me think of
0: more of Nick Now
1: the future is bright now so all right we will uh we will get out of here now um like i said today is thursday my guess is probably a post game Bucks one maybe, or at least Sunday night, if not Monday morning. That's a big game. Certainly have MVP implications. So like I started the pot off with, thank you to everybody that uh, that listens. Hit that auto-download button. We'll have tons of content for you in the playoffs. And leave a five-star review. So uh, Kyle, I will talk to you next time, man. Talk to you guys soon.